Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, August 6th, we look at Lesson 6, Struggling with All Energy. Together, let's see what happens when divine power is coupled with man's will. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 6, Struggling with All Energy. Our memory text is coming from Colossians chapter 1, verse 29. It says, to this end, I strenuously contend, struggling with all energy, Christ so powerfully works in me. So this is not about struggling against Christ. This is struggling with Christ. Um, and by with- I you're gonna tell me it's an energy drink. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no this, is, this is not about any energy drinks. This is about the Holy Spirit's power in us, uh, working in us to help yeah. us, right? So how do we work out man's will with divine power? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and these the spiritual forces and uh, that that are at work in, in all of our lives. Oh, so so it's not only Christ working in us, but also we see the world. We see our own <laughs> flesh. We see principalities. They're working as well. Exactly. OK, so so, Michael, tell us about the spirit of truth on Sunday's lesson. Well, just diving into John chapter 16, beautiful passage here. Yes, it is. And and. Uh, Jesus tells his disciples that I am going to go away. Um, but unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. Mm. But if I go, I will send him to you. So we're talking about the Holy spirit here. And, yes, indeed. you know, it's just beautiful reminder, you know, and contrasting, you know, what we do on our, through our own effort, you know, like an energy drink, you get really tired. You need a little pick me up. Um, this is, <laughs> this is nothing that we can do at all. No, nope. this has to be completely by the spirit of God that uh, the Holy Spirit works in each of our lives. And, um, I, you know, I think of our different beliefs that we have um, as a church, I think of our fundamental beliefs, right. the Holy Spirit, we really don't spend a lot of time on. No, we don't. And yet it's so important to our Christian experience. And, and here in John... 16 it kind of tells um what the purpose of the holy spirit is in verse 8 talks about convicting of sin and of righteousness and judgment mm. and I, I think really what that's saying is it's talking about uh, and we tend to look at just the negative you know judgment kind of thing um and there is an aspect you know the holy spirit tells us hey you shouldn't do that that's wrong right and uh here you have uh, not only of sin and judgment, but also of righteousness, also the way to do the right thing. What is the right thing to do? So the Holy Spirit is not just telling us what's wrong, but is also telling us what's right. There we what go. We, and hopefully, if we listen, our hearts are attuned and sensitive and willing uh, to listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives, um, that it's most of all is going to point us to Jesus. Amen. Um, and that's what verse 10 says about righteousness father so righteousness is right doing um so it's going to point us to the to to the right way to the right thing and and it says judgment uh because the prince of the world now stands condemned who's who's the devil of course mm, right of course so um yeah there, there will be a judgment the holy spirit is going to play a role in that final reckoning 
of what is going to happen. And then the other part is, is very interesting. Not only is it sin, righteousness, and judgment, but verse 13 says the spirit of And again, this is a more positive, I think, affirmation of the role of the Holy Spirit that um, how do we know what is what is right? What is true? The truth. And uh, and it speaks not of his own, but uh, what is yet to come and will glorify me. So all of this, again, is pointing us to the way that we should walk and to walk therein. The Holy Spirit helps to guide us. It's kind of like on the on the on that narrow path. Um, the Holy Spirit kind of points us, this is the direction you need to head uh, and, and points us to the heavenly kingdom. So, Amen. No, I, I love that, especially pointing us, right? Not forcing us, mm-hmm. not coercing, uh, showing us. Uh, you can see even lighting the way, right? Yeah. And I think that points to the, that divine human kind of how the, the, the two work together, which I think is the point of of Monday's lesson. So tell us about that, Buster. Yeah. So this is the divine human combination. It goes over Colossians 1, 28 and 29. Once again, I'll read in the new King James version it says him. We preach warning every man and uh, every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. But then it goes to verse 29 to this end. I also labor. And this is not just labor. It's uh, the original word means hardworking. To this end, I, I work hard, striving, uh, and so this is, uh, uh, it's another word for agonizing, uh, ag- agonize, uh, yeah, agonizing according to his working, his energy, which works energy in me mightily, right? So you have, you have all this coming together, and so you just see here this, this is why uh, the lesson is titled what it is, which is struggling with all energy, energies. Uh, saying that there is power, uh, that word, that last word mightily is dunamis. He will come with power, right? And so all this is coming together to show man that you do have a part. It's just that, like you just said, Michael, we have a very cerebral uh, religion uh, and that has benefits, but it also has its downfalls because sometimes Mm -hmm. we place so much emphasis on our logicos right our logic yeah, our reasoning yeah. ability that we forget mm-hmm. to focus in that we can't do it that we need the holy spirit's power to be able to do it that even conviction of sin comes about as a result of what the holy spirit's doing in us and as we're mm-hmm. reading right so it's it's this striving with man's power but god's power but the most important aspect of that is god's power mm. uh, the one who created us in the first place us submitting to his will so that he can actually work in us. But I think sometimes we put the cart before the horse and we say, you know what? I determine in my heart and my mind, I'm going to do this. And and we can do that. We've seen people, we've seen secular people do it. And there's an aspect of us that's true and all that good stuff. But for salvation, by the way, there's nothing we can do. (laughs) There's no earning salvation, right? There is acceptance. And I I think we have a hard time with that. We're like, yes, I accept, but now I will live the perfect life to prove that I have accepted. Eh. (laughs) Who are you proving it to? Right. The one who knows our hearts knows. And, and so, yes, by their fruits, you shall know them, but I'm not living my life to, to accommodate you, Michael, or to prove anything to you. I'm living my life because I love God. And I want to see you in heaven as a brother in Christ, but that's me pointing you towards Christ. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, so listen here, I, I don't know all the answers to this. I know I still struggle with this, but I do know mm-hmm. the more I learn to submit to the will of God, the better off that I am. I like that. The more that I concentrate on his, his working, his inner geese, rather than on me working. Right. So, well, if I mm-hmm. pray 14 hours a day, then I'll have more power than anyone else. No, that's, that's the wrong way to look about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the more time I spend with Christ, the more mm-hmm. like him I become, the more time I spend in scripture, the more time I spend in prayer, the more mm-hmm. like him I can become because by beholding you become changed. And that's, wow. that's what we're after. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so Michael, tell us a little bit about the disciplined will then. Well, it's kind of just what you were talking about there, Buster, you know, about this idea, I think of, of surrender, right? So uh, a lot of times we, we can um, err on one of two different extremes. What you talked about with the, the thinking, the logic, the logios, whatever you want to call it, yes. you know, the, the, the mind. And the other is to depend completely on feelings too, right? So, right. And, and a lot of people struggle with either of those extremes. So now we're talking about the other one. Um, in terms of, you know, feelings. Um, and, and, and you may not always feel like that you're necessarily saved, right? So right. you may actually feel kind of down in the dumps or whatever. And does that mean that suddenly God doesn't love you kind Ooh, of thing? Right? So, so, so are you saying that uh, basing my relationship or basing my religion off of my feelings can be dangerous as well? Absolutely. And I think that's really the point here. And yeah. and we have to just constantly surrender ourselves to God, surrendering our will. That's why it means, I think that's what it's talking about. The, this, this concept of disciplined will, I think it's not discipline in that if I only work hard enough, I will become disciplined enough and I will suddenly become a better Christian. Rather it's, it's discipline in the sense of surrender. We have to surrender. Um, Ellen White says we have to die daily, or the apostle Paul, actually, I die daily. Right. Right. Um, and and First Peter one thirteen also kind of enumerates on this a little bit as well, um, yeah. Pastor uh, uh, Peter here. Therefore, the minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. Mm. So again, we're talking about the same kind of thing um, that we have to surrender. Um, all the way up until the second coming of Christ uh, occurs, uh, that this is just a part of the Christian life. Um, otherwise, if we just go based on feelings, we could come up with some really weird theological ideas, right? <laughs> um, it, it's true. It's yeah, true. It's, true. it's really do. true. Yeah, people have. Uh, it's, yeah, both of us have been pastors, so we, yes. we could probably share to, uh, some stories, but that may not be very edifying. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, to use an extreme example, you know, people opening the Bible kind of thing, I, maybe, you know, God can work through that. But but I wouldn't necessarily just, you know, because you could come up with some bad theological uh, proof texts, you know, like <laughs> Judas went out and hung himself there you and then go. read a text about go out and do likewise kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, you could I mean, combine it's really, really extreme. But but, you know, you could come up with some really bad theology. Um, so we have to be careful not to go just on feelings you know, faithfully studying the word of God, surrendering our will to him. Um, and yes, uh, uh, emotions uh, need to be surrendered. It doesn't mean that emotions are bad. It just means that we need to, um, it, and those, the two different extremes, it can't be all, you know, mental, the logic, it can't no, be, it can't or, be. nor can it be all feelings. And so um, by surrendering, that helps to give us some guidance and, and, 
remaining anchored in scripture, uh, which brings us, I think, to Wednesday's lesson about radical commitment. Oh, yes. And so <laughs> talk about bad theology here. Glad you're the radical here. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, we all take it in stride here, Michael. That's why I enjoy you so much. Uh, <laughs> So Matthew chapter five, talking about bad theology, and we're talking about Uh-oh. these are these are straight. This if if you're following along your Bible, this is in red. So that means that you have to keep this right. Uh, Matthew five twenty nine. If your right eye causes you to sin, well, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it's more mm-hmm. profitable for you uh, that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast to hell into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than that for your whole body to be cast into hell. And so the question is asked here, on the words of Jesus in the text above, it asks this, would you call them radical? If so, why? And you know what I'm going to say here? I would not call them radical per se, but I'd say it is at the bottom line stark it's a stark reality right it is i don't want to say a stark reality it is a it's a wake-up call there you go it's a wake-up call to share with people like this is how grave this can be and this is where it's going to lead you to and i need you to decide right rather than justifying the behaviors that you have right uh i need you to decide are you going to follow me or are you going to follow the ways of the world Right. So here, if you if you look at verse 27 and 28, he's talking about committing adultery. He's also talking about looking after a woman with lust and saying that it's not just the act. It's the very thought. It's the very gazing and uh, and keeping upon. I remember I had to preach this in class for Dr. Bill Kilgore and and shared uh, there probably be a lot of, I mean, eyeless men and women and uh, armless men and women as well. If we actually took this literally. But what it shows us is that the same radical uh, physicality he's talking about here is the same kind of radical dependence upon God that he's after, right? And by that, exactly. yeah, we're, we're talking about Christ loves us holistically. He doesn't just love our logic. He doesn't just love our uh, ethnos. He doesn't just love our, our feelings, right? He loves all of us and he wants all of us. So he's saying, if you're going to follow me, I want you to f- commit to me fully. And, and, and so this is why it's saying radical commitment saying, if you're going to be for me, then you're going to be for me. Uh, do I believe he actually meant pluck your eye out? No. <laughs> uh, or else he would have probably forced his disciples said, Hey guys, Hey, uh, Peter, I saw what you were thinking. Go ahead and pluck your eye out, right? Mercy. Uh, <laughs> instead, what he's saying, this is an object lesson. And I'm giving this to you, but I want you to know I want all of you. And I want you to stop justifying the things that you do and realize that my way is the way that you're called to follow. And, yeah. uh, and you can continue reading the Sermon on the Mount, not just that portion. But if you read the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you see the Beatitudes that are there in the beginning. Mm. And you go on and it ends, uh, uh, chapter five ends with be ye perfect. Therefore, as your father in heaven is perfect, not talking about sinlessness, but talking about in the way that you love your neighbor, right? Uh, the yeah. entire thing you can look at and say, oh man, that's a radical thought. No, this is a God thought, right? This is the way mm-hmm. that he lives and this way he's calling us to live. And uh, so please be radically committed to Christ, but don't take those words literally. Don't pluck your eye out. But, <laughs> you know, I, I have, uh, I was talking to a student here recently, Michael, and 
yeah. say any names or anything like that, but he got a dumb phone on purpose intentionally because he says my time was being wasted in frivolous things and I couldn't wow. get a hold onto my addiction of he's like, he's like, wasn't anything crazy, but scrolling social media, always checking my email and everything else. He said, so now I can make cell phone calls and I can make text messages. He says, but I can't do all the other stuff. I can't connect to the internet browser. He's like, so I had to get on my computer to do so. And I'm like, that's, that's radical. Really? And I asked him why he's yeah. like, it's like, you know what? I felt really convicted and I really want to deepen my relationship with Christ. I'm like, amen. There Beautiful. Yeah. And our relationships with one another, right? I mean, the, yes. the impact all levels, um, I, you know, coming back to radical, radical doesn't mean crazy. <laughs> it means holistic. And there we go. That's what God wants is all, all our, our complete hearts, you know, our, our, all of us. I, I love that, Michael. Radical is not crazy. Radical is holistic. So with that holistic mindset, uh, take us to the need to persevere. Looking here, it's the story of Jacob and wrestling with God in Genesis chapter 32. And um, there are times where God doesn't give us easy answers, although we'd like to think that. Uh, But here we have uh, before us a reminder of uh, the story of Jacob wrestling with God and, and, and as the, you know, He's going through a time of intense stress. His brother Esau, he's afraid he's going to destroy him, basically. And he's kind of at his breaking point. And at that, at his weakest um, is when, when, when God comes to him and, and, and he has this sort of wrestling match. And, mm-hmm. and again, I think this is the same idea that God wants all of us. He wants us to have that complete surrender. And I think that's a just... You know, this story, I think it's a pretty familiar story to most people. If you're not familiar with it, go back to Genesis chapter 32, read that chapter. And then finally, at the very end, um, he says, let me go for it is daybreak. He'd been wrestling with them all night long. Uh, and, and, you know, it's okay to wrestle with God. It's okay to tell God what you really think. If you're struggling and things are just not seem to be working out for you and whatever problems you may have and whatever past and history and mistakes, uh, all of those things, that's what makes each of us who we are. You know, the, I mean, you tell me who, who hasn't, you know, made mistakes and, and really had some challenges along the way. And yet uh, these are important reminders that uh, to help us to grow and to be able to uh, what is weakness can therefore become our strength if we allow God to work uh, through us and surrender it to him. You know, I love that, Michael. So in other words, literally don't give up. Uh, mm-hmm. I will not let go until you bless me. Right. Yeah. And this, this, this was not about, I think sometimes we, I know when I was younger, I used to read that as, yeah, I can wrestle God and I can win and say, right. God, you're going to answer this prayer. <laughs> <laughs> just pray enough hours right yeah, yeah no it's it's not it's not about that it's mm. it's saying when he's saying i will not let go he's saying i need you yeah i depend on you uh depend. yeah i i think it started off with this is my force my might and realizing i don't i don't have anything left i'm in trouble I, here. exactly yeah. i will yeah. not let go to you bless me is a prayer yeah. a prayer of surrender yeah. uh and still saying, I will not let go because I love yeah. you. I, I need you. And so don't feel like you can overpower God or overcommand him. 
We have no yeah. command over God or power yeah. to to actually wrestle him because we yeah. see what happens in the end. He walks with a limp for the rest of his life because he touched yeah. the, touched the, his hip socket. Well, if there's any takeaway from this week's lesson, I think it's this, that spiritual energy comes from surrender. Amen. I love it, Michael. Uh, if you're listening out there, hopefully this week, uh, man, continue in the crucible, but recognizing that with Christ, we need more of him. We need more of the Father. We need more of the Holy Spirit. And we need us as holistic followers of Christ to not only follow him with our, with our brains, but also with our hearts, with our bodies, with our finances, with everything that we have, we're surrendering and we're following God. Well, I love it. I think that wraps up for another week. So this is uh, Soup. And Swoops. Signing out. Signing off. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.